SBS Radio. I'm joined by Jamie Lowe, CEO of the National Native Title Council, in the sidelines of the First Nations Clean Energy Symposium 2022. Jamie, welcome to NITV Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, you know, incredibly important conversation to get the mob together, industry, um, to send the message to government that, you know, we've got solutions that you guys are after for. Now, clean energy is uh, something that everyone's talking about with uh, actually now with uh, the inflation going on, prices are going up and everyone is just thinking about the energy price drives virtually everything. What we're talking about today is clean energy and the First Nations people have to be part of the conversation of this clean energy transition. Yeah, you're right. So, you know, we've been listening acutely to the conversations around clean energy over, you know, whether it be, you know, the last five years, but particularly the um, the last 12 months. And something that was profound to me is that there wasn't a whole lot of First Nations voices um, being heard in regards to this. But what we know will happen and when clean energy projects um, start to get stood up in various different kind of jurisdictions and communities is that they'll come knocking on our door and asking for access to our land. And the issue with that is that we don't have a whole lot of power to say no to these proponents. And so we, uh, part of the conversation um, over the next couple of days, we'll be talking about us being empowered to be at the front of the bus rather than the back and being a passive participant in the economies of that take place on our country. Um, we know that's happened within the kind of resource sector for, you know, over 200 years in this country and, you know, things need to change. Um, and, you know, that's one of the messages that we'll be driving over the next couple of days. And there's um, when we're talking about uh, clean energy and this transition and then uh, the land rights, because this is a part of the Nat- Native Title Councils, uh, one of uh, the areas that uh, you work in, you specialize in, you develop with the communities and government, there's often a clash between uh, the interests of the communities and the investors. So can you tell us a bit how clean energy transition and land rights will be actually uh, come together and uh, benefit the community? Well, I think that we need to be in a position of um, authority and power of what takes place, whether it be clean energy or other projects that take place on our country, yeah? Um, and so people speak about there being a clash. Um, it doesn't need to be a clash. It doesn't need to be this kind of... Um, the relationship doesn't need to be, I guess, from, from the beginning. If you can't say no to something, the relationship kind of has this kind of power imbalance from the beginning, yeah? And so if there's a situation where we can... Hey, on a second, we, we're saying no to you guys, but, you know, unless you kind of reach a standard of actually doing business with us on a, um, on a level of equals. Um, and if the other industry over there, um, if they're doing a better job than you, we might say to those guys. So being able to kind of say yes and no is kind of critical to this um, conversation. And one of the people who, one of the speakers uh, in the event said that... Uh, First Nations people actually control between a third and uh, half of uh, the landmass in Australia. So it's extremely important to have them taking part in the conversation and uh, lead the project, I believe. Well, Native Title um, resides over over 40% of Australia's landmass. That's a big 
big chunk of Australia, yeah. Um, and over the next decade, um, native title alone will grow to around 50% um, uh, of title over the land. Um, you see in some jurisdictions, particularly, you know, WA um, and Northern Territory and, and even Queensland, they're the big kind of mining states, you could say, uh, is that it's even bigger than that. So I can't remember what the, the, what the number is in WA, but it's well over 40% of um, the land mass within WA has some sort of um, Aboriginal title over it, yeah? And so the conversation we're having, well, so what? So if you can't, if, if, if it's native title and within the legislation, the highest bar is a right to negotiate, that needs to be shifted, yeah? So the proponent comes onto your door, um, says, you know, we're going to do some, we've got a mining tenement, you know, we're going to mine your country, okay, then the triggers in the negotiation process, you are. That's where the imbalance lies, yeah? All this land is kind of the so what if we've got if we want sovereignty over our lands, we're talking about treaty here in Victoria, we're in other jurisdictions, you know, we need to be empowered to, as I say, I kept on looking back, saying what does and doesn't happen on our country. Our mob's not opposed to development, we just want to be part of the commerce conversation. Right? Um, the economy, we speak about culture, the commerce, the culture of commerce with, that's happening in our country today is need, needs to shift and, um, you know, we need to be able to kind of be part of the wealth conversation within this country as well. And we've had input in this symposium from um, participants from uh, right across the world, First Nations people from the US and Canada, and um, it appears that uh, Canada is ahead in many areas in terms of uh, this transition. Well, it's not surprising that they're ahead. Um, they do, um, they're ahead in a number of um I guess areas um, as far as the, the First Nations relations over, over um, off the shores, even you look at New Zealand, Canada, even the US, um, they all have treaties um, in place, um, various different degrees of treaties, but even that puts you in a position of authority and power. Um, you know, part of the money conversation, raising capital, we're having that conversation today, where's our capital um, to be able to kind of be part of this, the economic Conversation or the or the growth and potential that's happening within Australia. So, um, I'm passionate about treaties. Um, I'm part of the First Peoples Assembly here in Victoria um, and driving significant change and raising the bar of how um, I guess governments deal with First Nations people within this country, um, which is critical. Um, so yeah, so we always look with envy across the shores um, to um, First Nations people, um, Canada, US and New Zealand. Um, we learn from them and I guess what we do have is a little bit of hindsight. So when these new kind of um, agreements, um, treaties taking place in Australia, we can learn from them all over there and kind of, you know, improve lives for our own people over here. Coming back to mining, you mentioned in your intervention, uh, you spoke about uh, growing up in Ballarat, which was actually said that it was one of the richest towns in, in the world, not just Australia in the 1800s, and uh, wealth was built on uh, mining. But again, the mining is happening, but not benefiting the First Nations people, because you mentioned that now. Well, the mining has transitioned from uh, central Victoria and uh, it's the western states and northern uh, states that are actually booming nowadays but not benefiting the First Nations people. So something needs to change, yeah? Australia is a wealthy country. Um, we know back in the mid-1800s when, you know, 
the gold boom was happening here in Australia and people were coming from all over the world literally to, to look for gold. Um, it was a thing back then. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of old money left in Ballarat. Uh, and, you know, even, I said, Parliament House was built on that wealth here in Victoria, in Melbourne. So there's old money there. There's new money. Um, you look in WA, there's new money. And you look at the Pilbara, I think it's Rio Tinto have um, 70, somewhere around 70% of their profit comes from the Pilbara region. And this is a big multinational company that's got operations right across the world. So, so their wealth is built from the Pilbara. And how much do the First Nations people in the area get out of that? If you, if you look at the, the, the social circumstances for First Nations people within Western Australia alone and the wealth that is created within West Australia, sub, it, it just does not add up. Um, the incarceration rates, um, the suicide rates, like you can go through the list. Um, the wealthiest jurisdiction within Australia, but some of the poorest First Nations outcomes. So, you know, so so you don't have to be kind of, you know, it's not rocket science to say something's not working out there and, you know, um, needs to do better. And it's as simple as that. And without going into too much detail of what better looks like, but, yeah, we need to do better. And that's on, um, that's on industry, but that's also on, um, you know, government as well. Policy and, yeah, something needs to be done. Now, before I let you go, because I know it's a very busy day and uh, you're being really sought out after for many other interventions and interviews, I'll just open the mic to you. Anything you'd like to add, maybe a message or maybe something we may have missed that you'd like to add to the conversation? Oh, only just reiterating that um, the galvanising of the mob to send clear messages to um, to government is critical within this year, and that's why um, we've a strong support of these networks, um, just to bring people together and have the conversation and and come up with principles potentially, um, but also you know to convert that to public policy, um, so that First Nations people are front and centre in this conversation rather than just an afterthought. We've seen um, the State of Environment report delivered by the um, Minister Plivasek on Tuesday. It was pretty damning about where we're at in Australia. Um, she spoke about um, us managing country for over 65,000 years. Um, surely, you know, something to be learned from that. And, you know, well, there is. Uh, and, you know, you know, and that's why we're having the conversation Jamie Law, CEO of National Native Title Council, thank you very much for joining us on NITV Radio. Thank you. Want to hear more stories like this? Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.